the giant thinkers giant thinkers podcast hey guys welcome to the show I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. Hello, dear giants. Welcome to episode number 51. I am super excited to introduce today's guest. He is a former professional football player who suffered a career-ending injury and is now an international lifestyle entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, has a consistently top 100 ranked podcast in the world, and is the founder of a multi-million dollar online media company. In this episode, he shares the struggles of negativity and loneliness and how he rediscovered his vision and identity, something we can all relate to, I'm sure, to some degree. Some of the topics we spoke about include his journey from anger, resentment, and loneliness to a more peaceful, liberated place. The masks that men learn to wear and how these can damage effective communication and in turn relationships. We spoke a lot about personal identity versus our personal brand and how we can all improve our emotional health. If you or someone you care for has been struggling to break through internal barriers and struggling to forgive, then this episode is for you. Now, before we begin, I highly recommend you take note to check out Treehouse. Treehouse is an online technology school that offers courses in web design and coding from HTML, CSS, PHP to JavaScript, Python, and iOS in the space of mobile, web, and game development taught by a team of in-house expert teachers. It's an on-demand learning platform, so you can learn at your own pace and become job-ready within as little as six months. There are over a thousand high-quality video courses, interactive tools, and a huge supportive community of students on Treehouse. One of my favorite features is that you can practice what you've learned through quizzes and interactive code challenges. This style of practicing will allow you to retain information so you can apply it to your own future projects or build out a professional portfolio. Giants, if you remember on episode 38, when I interviewed the chief creative officer of VaynerMedia, Steve Babcock, his answer when I asked him if he could travel back in time and speak to his younger self was... I would tell him to go to major in computer science. Wow. There you go. I really, if I could, go, you know, everyone's always like, no regrets. Or, no, if I could go back in time, I would be, I would have learned how to code. Wow. And, you know, the Gary V part of me is like, you could still do it. Dedicate half your day to this. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to get it. I feel like, you know, um, but like, man, that to me, if I would have known then how much power and ability in, in creation in today's world that would be, like to understand that language and to be able to code, because I'm always, it's not a shortage of like ideas like, oh, this would be a great app or this would be a really awesome service and a, and a site to make and da, 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 da. And I would just wish that I could be so, I wish I could just make that stuff. Now, the beautiful thing is that you don't even need a computer science degree to code and become a developer. 
What you do need are the foundational skills in a portfolio of projects that show what you can do. Treehouse teach the specific skills that are sought after by businesses around the world and relevant in today's economy. I encourage you to check out giantthinkers.com slash treehouse. They're giving the Giant Thinkers community a seven-day free trial so you can try it out with no commitment. On top of that, if you're happy with the trial and thereafter continue learning on Treehouse, let me know and I will personally give the first five students a one-hour Skype call coaching session each for free. So if you'd like to learn how to code, if you're interested in becoming a developer and are after the skills to get a job as one, head to giantthinkers.com slash treehouse. That's T-R-E-E-H-O-U-S-E. And you can begin learning right away. All right, let's dive in. I present to you the giant in mind, body, and spirit, Lewis Howes. Lewis Howes, welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast, mate. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, man. I'm uh, in New York City, living the dream. Very cool. Yes. Uh, right now, you're, of course, uh, in the midst of uh, prepping for book launch and all that. Uh, to those yeah. listening, Lewis and I uh, actually, uh, are, of course, currently in the States. So I'm in Southern California right now, uh, Lewis in New York, and uh, we both have mutual friends in a a fair few people that listeners would know, uh, Chase Jarvis, Chris Ducker, Vanessa Van Edwards, and uh, we've both uh, delivered courses on Creative Live. Uh, so I'm excited to finally have this uh, uh, going and to have Lewis on the show. So Thanks, man. You've been persistently <laughs> on me, so I'm glad we got to make it happen finally. Yeah, and a lot of the listeners are huge fans of you, so uh, they awesome. are doing this for them and, um, and, and myself included. Um, first off, Lewis, I have an icebreaker question for you. Bring it. Since you've conquered salsa dancing, which you've mentioned as something that you yes. only once admired from afar, yep. um, what's another bucket list skill you're planning on attempting next? Oh, you know, I always wanted to speak another language. So learning Spanish, you know, salsa dancing for the last 12 years is amazing. And I feel like I understand the words, but I can't fully understand what they're saying in the songs. So I, even though I feel it, I don't fully comprehend it. So I would love to be able to learn Spanish. I've never been able to roll my R's, like the whole, (laughs) I've never been able to do that. I sound like a, I don't know, just like a lame American when I try. And so I would love to learn Spanish someday. Oh mate, that's uh, that's that's on my bucket list too. The funny thing is, I've got I've got a Spanish surname. I'm Filipino, but uh, people uh, understand the surname uh, nice. of mine. So uh, yeah, we, we should both get on that. Um, yes. So mate, where would you say your expertise lies? I would say vision, understanding how to bring a vision to life, and what it takes to bring a vision to life. I think a lot of people are always looking to get to the next level in their in something, their relationship, their health, their finances, their career. And I'm really good at seeing what the dream is and how to get there for either myself or someone else. So I would say that's my level of expertise. Perfect. And and your life is a testament of that. I've been following you for a good, I'd say a good four or five years now. So uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. For the listeners uh, who might not have followed you um, 
you know, over the last couple of years who maybe first time that they're hearing you right now. Um, can you tell us a little about your childhood and how you grew up? I grew up the youngest of four in a small town in Ohio and always felt alone. I felt alone constantly. I felt insignificant. I felt like no one accepted me. No one understood me. And I felt like I didn't have any friends. That's kind of what the story I told myself. Um, and little by little, I started to use that pain and the suffering I was feeling of feeling alone and not accepted. And I said, okay, what are the things that I can get really great at so that people will acknowledge me for, so that the people would accept me for that I would fit in. I just wanted to fit in and have some friends really. And uh, early on that was sports. I knew I wanted to be a great athlete just because I loved sports. I loved watching them. I loved playing them. And I thought that'd be kind of cool to be able to grow up and be a great athlete that people would be inspired by the way I was inspired by great athletes I watched. So my childhood was evolved around sports, training, working out, playing, trying to perfect my craft in every sport. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how it all started through sports. Yeah. Very cool. And it was, uh, NFL that you were kind of aiming for, wasn't it at that time? I was aiming for the NFL. Um, I didn't make it. I played arena football league, which is another professional football league in the U S and got injured after my rookie season. And so when that was done, my identity was done because that's what I wrapped my entire life around. So when I can no longer play football, it was like, well, who am I and what do I do? And what's next? You know, I'm 23, 24. What's, you know, I didn't have a college degree at the time. So I was like, what do I do with the rest of my life? And, um, I started, I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find, I'm going to figure out how to make my life like a sport. You know, sports is what I know. So how can I keep playing sports in life? Even if I'm not playing, I said, well, what I have, what do sports have? You know, you've got coaches that coach athletes. So I need to find great coaches. And I started seeking mentors and coaches and asked them to challenge me. I said, give me a challenge. Here's what I want to create. Tell me what I need to do to get there by challenging me to step forward and take massive action. And they would challenge me. I had different coaches. I had a, a coach that taught me how to do public speaking because I was terrified of speaking public. I had a coach that taught me um, about design and product development. I had another coach that taught me about writing. I had another coach that taught me about just business in general. And all these coaches, I just consumed their information. I said, challenge me. Give me a challenge to step up. And then year after year, I would just be applying things and little things would work. And I would lean into it and keep doing more of that. And then I'd try something else and that would work. And I said, okay, let me ramp this up. You know, I tried marketing online. I tried courses, social media, just kind of tried all these little things. And whatever worked to get me the result I wanted, I said, okay, I'm going to go all in here. And that's what I did for the last nine, 10 years. I've been getting great coaches building a great team around me because you can't have you can't be a great athlete without a great team as well and constantly been learning and developing new skills so that i can apply towards my dreams yeah that gives a, a really uh great overview and a great snapshot of of, of all of those things and i kind of want to dabble into a couple of those things um if i may rewind just a tad lewis um one thing i wanted to acknowledge was something that happened in your life when you were five years old mm -hmm. Um, an incident you confronted at 25 and only made public a short time afterwards to help others. Yep. And I know um, 
you do have a dedicated podcast episode mm-hmm. revealing this, um, which I encourage everyone to listen to. It's titled, What Sharing My Childhood Rape Taught Me About Being a Loving, Vulnerable, Free Man. Um, and we certainly don't need to dive into the details mm-hmm. here um, as it's covered in that. But um, can you share to us how you navigated from anger, resentment, loneliness uh, to a more peaceful and liberated place within yeah. yourself? Well, listen, I'm still navigating it because it's uh, I'm a constant work in progress. And even though I feel a deeper sense of inner peace and a deeper sense of love and self-worth for myself uh, than, than I used to, there are still moments where I get angry and frustrated and want to you know, punch someone in the face because that's been my conditioning <laughs> my entire life, right? Um, but I'm just so much more aware of it now. And I allow myself to breathe and really be intentional about my responses to life's situations as opposed to my reactions. So, yeah, four years ago, I started opening up about this. Uh, you know, about being sexually abused and just finally opening up about everything in my life that I was afraid of or insecure about or fearful about and just sharing with friends and family. And it was like this weight lifted off my shoulders because I was finally allowing people to see me or to just hear about things that I've been through that I was unwilling to share before. And this process allowed me to be able to breathe, to be able to let go of things, to forgive all these emotions and feelings that are healthy that allow us to move on in life as opposed to holding on to emotions that made me driven to achieve and driven to prove people wrong and driven to look good and all these things got me results but it left me feeling very empty inside and with with a lack of inner peace so this has been a process for me to one help myself continue to grow but then also i was like i need other people to to learn how to do this as well because there's a lot of men who grew up like me in the us that weren't taught it's okay to express themselves or be vulnerable or just open up about things where you know generally you see a lot of women who are forming groups every day who are connecting and talking about what they're afraid of or insecure about or what they're going through you know, whereas almost 50% of men feel like they don't have one guy friend they can share anything with that's vulnerable. And for me, I feel like, well, if you don't have one person you can share with, then who do you share with? How does the emotion get out? It comes out through fighting, through anger, through aggression, through other things, if we don't have loving ways to express ourselves. So that's what the process has been for me. Yeah. And this all ties in with your latest book titled The Mask of Masculinity. Um, why did you write this book and who is it for? Yeah, I I wrote it for me to continue to dive deeper on why I was so conditioned as a young boy turning into an adult man, why I was so aggressive and, and angry and unforgiving and held grudges. Like, why did I do these things? Why did I protect myself so much? Why did I defend myself when there was never like someone with a knife trying to kill me. It was more of like someone verbally said something that attacked me from afar or whatever that made me, that attacked my ego. And I realized all these reactions were negative reactions fixating on a couple of things that I felt attacked by. And when I put my energy on those things, they didn't support my vision. They didn't support my vision and they didn't support my inner peace. But I continued to do them for so long. I continued to react for so long or negative place, whatever you want to call it. And 
I finally realized it wasn't supporting my vision or my inner peace four years ago when I started to release and talk about these things. And so I felt like, wow, there's so many men out there and women who are reacting to things, defensive to things, protective for things that don't support their vision and they don't support their inner peace. And if they could let go of these things and learn how to communicate differently and learn how to cope differently and learn how to express themselves in a healthier way, then they wouldn't be as reactive or angry or unforgiving on things. And they could go back to their vision, back to their dream and back to their inner happiness. And that's what it's all about. It's what's the thing that's going to support our life in growing? What's the thing that's going to bring us joy and fulfillment because anything else is only bringing us down. Yeah. It's interesting, Lewis. I, um, this is new, but, uh, as in, I, I don't share this, um, much, uh, let alone live on a podcast here, but, uh, I was raised, um, a Catholic background, uh, Philip, most Filipinos are. Mm-hmm. And so you have that, uh, those values, those set of values. And then, um, I would say I'd lived a super loving life. Um, parents, um, you know, uh, we didn't have much, but they gave me and my family so much love. And then I'd say by the age of 23, uh, 22, 23, um, something happened in my life and it really turned my world upside down, um, shattered my reality, shattered everything I believed in, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest with you, and really felt insanely betrayed um to the point where i had lost my identity Mm. as well in some aspects and felt um super angry like i'd never felt this angry before and that anger sat with me for a good eight years wow and so it was kind of a bit of a a juggling um in terms of you know your story where kind of happened early on and then you held that for so long i had felt love for 23 years and i'd never felt then you felt betrayed then i felt betrayed yeah and then i felt super angry and then i just i couldn't trust anybody lewis it was Mm. it was like and and then i and then i became the all right i'm gonna achieve everything to prove you know these people that made me wrong of course and then he drove me to where i'm at now to some degree so I get you on that. It's funny when you're saying that. And then, but then it's kind of like now that I'm moving forward in my life, um, you know, found a partner and, uh, I've, uh, nurtured that relationship for the last six yeah. years. We're now engaged, Vivian and I. Congrats. Thank you so much. And moving towards that side of things, but it, it, I couldn't have done it until I confronted it only in the last year, really confronted it. Right. Um, and, and it's interesting because, um, we all kind of know this in theory, but when you're met with it, um, it's really, it's really tough to get through. And I, I saw, um, you know, spiritual guidance, professional guidance, you know, family and friends guided me and I needed, I needed that. Um, what would you advise to people who perhaps don't have such a broad network of support? It's really tough because unless I had some type of catalyst that woke me up to start looking within I'd probably still be doing the same things and probably for the rest of my life. And it's challenging because, you know, a lot of us are kind of set in our ways, um, unless we're open, but 
for me, it took this, this, you know, kind of nasty fight I got into. I was in a bad toxic relationship that I wasn't able to get out of. And I just ended a bad business relationship and kind of like all these things were the perfect storm where I said, okay, something's not working. I'm achieving all these results on the outside, but my inner world is not getting the results I want. So I hired therapists, I hired coaches, I did emotional intelligence workshops, and that's what allowed me to start getting the feedback I needed to start getting the support. And even when I hired them and worked to these workshops, I was still resistant. I was still like, I don't need this shit. You know, I'm fine. I'm good. These people don't know anything. They're not getting the results I'm getting. So what do they know? And I was very resistant. Um, it's challenging. You know, there's no like perfect answer here. And we're all built differently. I would say that it's important to find time to share things you're frustrated with, specifically if you're a guy, if you're a girl here listening, you in general, I want to put a, a, you know, assume here, but in general, a lot of women are forming groups and connecting constantly talking about their fears or insecurities, what's going on in their relationships. Whereas guys, about 50% of us say we don't have one guy friend we can talk to about those things. So I think you just need to find one person that you can say, hey, listen, once a month, I'd love to just be able to sit down for an hour and we both talk about things that we're going through just to be able to have some connection where someone sees you and understands you. That's a great first step. Yeah. Uh, and from there, creating that practice, you know, the more people become vulnerable or open around you, allow yourself to listen and be open and be open to sharing when they ask you questions, if it feels right. Um but figuring out ways we can express ourselves in a, in a healthier um, forms of expression as opposed to unhealthy is is the step to go. Yeah, yeah, it's really great advice. And and I guess you know the whole uh, you know advice that Robbins gives all the time: motion creates emotion. Even if you don't feel like it, get up and do it. Get out there. That's it, man. Yeah, that's it. Um, so your your book title um, almost infers that it's for men, but it's not only for men, is it? Um, what are some learning outcomes women would get out of the book versus men? You know, as I was writing this for myself as a man, my perspective, I said, I want to write this for other men who may have similar perspectives. And then I was thinking to myself, wow, okay, this is actually like the keys to the kingdom for women to understand why men have different masks, what mask they're wearing, why they're wearing it. And then some simple things that you could start with to help them by removing the mask so you can just start to connect on a deeper level. And that's that's why I realized like, well, I actually think more women are probably going to read this because they're going to want to be able to connect to the men, their father, their brothers, their boyfriends, their husbands, their sons who maybe are emotionally unavailable or more detached or aren't expressing themselves in certain ways. And um, yeah, I just feel like we all need this. You know, it's not like Men need it. Women need it. Gender non-conforming. We all need tools personally to allow us to express in a healthier way. And we all need tools to be able to understand other people. You know, the most, the most interesting influencers and CEOs in the world, in my mind, are the ones who build relationships with people and come from a place of understanding all types of people, as opposed to wanting everyone else to understand them, they understand everyone else, or at least try to understand. And I think that's what we should all be working on doing. How can we understand our siblings, our parents, our children, the people closest to us better? How, even if they 
um, you know, come from the same family, we're all different and we all have different experiences. So how can we understand people, men, women, kids, parents, it's a process. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm far from that. And I'm far from an expert in this topic, but it's more my research of what I'm learning and how men can be supported in this and women can be supported as well. Yeah. There's a, a lot of, um, a lot of the listeners who are designers and creative people and, um, we have it in our nature to need to understand the psychology of different demographics, right? Otherwise, who, who are we speaking to? And, and you, of course, right. um, do this very well from a marketing point of view as well. Um, and, and the word that a lot of people bring up often now more than ever is empathy. And I think that that's exactly right. You know, it's, it becomes a tool to understand, um, understand other people whether you're in those shoes or, right. or not i think we're all connected by that um what are some masks men wear lewis in in the book i think you list nine um mm -hmm. can you name a few and give us some key drivers and behaviors around them yeah there's stoic mask there's the uh, the athlete mask there's the aggressive mask the sexual mask the know-it-all mask the joker mask um the invincible mask, the alpha mask, all these masks are different archetypes of walls that we put up. Men do, or women do this as well, but there's different archetypes of false sense of masculinity that we project to the world in order to look cool or to fit in or to be accepted or to any of these things that we do to feel good, to feel like someone gets us. Uh, the challenge is when we put these on, we're trying to fit in. And what we're doing is we're trying to fit in in a way that isn't authentically 100% us. There might be glimpses of that, but it's not authentically us. And it's always, no, people are never going to be able to fully know who we are if we're not showing ourselves. And so some of these things, I mean, the stoic mask is the man that doesn't show any emotion at all. It's got it all put together. He's strong. He's stoic. And it doesn't matter if something bad happens, something good happens. He's just emotionless because he's learned how to just be a rock, be strong for everyone else around him. But that's a heart attack waiting to happen. You know, if you never allow yourself to move and flow and you're always tight, you can never achieve your highest uh, potential. If you're tight, you're the opposite of flow. So how can you perform uh, art, beauty, grace, any of these things, athletic achievements when you're so tight? Um, yeah. So these are some of the masks. Yeah, re really uh, recommend uh, diving into that because when I read the list and 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 read the captions under them, I uh, I could relate to a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there there are so many things racing through my mind right now, Lewis. So many directions we can take this. One is the importance of taking care of our emotional health uh, in a day and age that demands it because accessing a safe environment to open up, in my opinion, isn't as readily available or easily accessible to people. Mm -hmm. um, the second area we can sort of take this conversation is around personal identity, how we perceive ourselves uh, versus how we want others to perceive us. And the question mark is, do they both align? Um, so perhaps we touch on the emotional health side first. If someone deep down was feeling unfulfilled, empty, or lonely, in your experience, what mm -hmm. are some practical actions you would advise them? Get a dog. <laughs> if you feel lonely, get a dog. If you want something really practical, that brings so yeah. much joy and happiness. Just having a dog around, there's so much love unconditionally that makes you feel 
more joy. So yeah. that's something that's like a, an actual step. I would say another thing is to um, be around people that are joyful. You know, when you're around negative people who are unjoyful, then that becomes contagious. When you're around people who are positive and joyful, that becomes more contagious and you start to consume that. I would say another thing is being in nature. You know, when we are constantly inside, constantly on technology, on our phones and computers, in big cities a lot, something is so healing and therapeutic when I go to the ocean and lay in the sand or swim in the waves. I just feel better. So that's another thing. Go take a walk, go take a hike in nature, lay in the grass, just allow yourself to be and play in nature. Another thing would be meditation. You know, the more and more I've learned how to meditate from various different styles, the more it brings me a sense of inner peace and inner wisdom and confidence of who I am. Um, so allowing yourself to try different styles of meditation, it doesn't need, you know, you don't need to go to the mountaintops and learn. You can go just download a app on Headspace and use that. Um, and then I'd say finally gratitude, you know, there's life's about perspective and we can, how many people do you know who've made a lot of money who are still unhappy or have nice homes or have the car and this and that, who are still negative or unhappy, and other people who don't have much at all, who are extremely fulfilled and happy, you know, going to the Philippines, it's like some of the most joyful people I've seen who have very little. And it's about perspective. It's about perspective. And when we are grateful for the things we have in our lives and the little things, we start to feel more gratitude for other things and we attract more things to be grateful for. When we are constantly ungrateful or things are not enough, we attract more things to be ungrateful for as well. So... I don't know, what did I give? Five or six practical yeah, things. They're super powerful stuff. I mean, even breathing, uh, you mentioned meditation. So I've kind of combined breathing and the meditation part um, through being introduced to yoga. Yep. Um, my fiance just introduced me to yoga in April. And it's funny, I always thought yoga was just uh, some, some <laughs> sort of like, oh, you know, um, it, it didn't really do much because I was always, I'm at the gym like four or five times a week. Like I want to yeah. move stuff and lift stuff and throw stuff around. But it was the complete opposite of that. And I was like, wow, this is actually quite difficult. Just, yeah. you have to guide your mind, your body. You have, it's, it's, you got to yep. hold poses. It's, it's super challenging. It is challenging. <laughs> um, and then for, for gratitude, um, uh, although I, I don't do it every day, uh, I've been slacking off, but, uh, you know, five minute journal is one thing as well. That's, yeah. that's super useful. And of course, Tim Ferriss uh, raves on about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, now tackling the area of personal identity, Lewis, um, for me, you're a standout example of someone who's built a huge brand around your own personal identity, even despite massive roadblocks. Uh, and you mentioned a little bit of this, but if I may recap, uh, for context, uh, Lewis, you know, Ellen DeGeneres interviewed you not too long ago. And on there, you, um, as well as other platforms, you shared about your life, um, being academically challenged, um, completely dedicated to trying to make the NFL. You managed to, as you mentioned, reach pro football at arena level, which is just below NFL. Um, you managed to get injured though, as well. Cast six months, lived on his sister's couch, broke, depressed, in debt, one and a half years of that. Um, when you were in that situation, then you started kind of learning about online businesses and making money online. And, and that was where you moved your energy. Um, for many of the listeners who are, you know, designers and creatives, entrepreneurs, 
they also aim to start a personal brand. Uh, what are your suggestions for those looking to build a personal brand around themselves? Because I get this question all the time. They're like, you know, do I need to be part of my business or operations? You know, how much of themselves should they filter to the outside world? I think it all depends. But in terms of building a personal brand, a couple of things that I always talk about, design and quality photography is the first thing. You know, if you want to stand out and build a personal brand that gets recognized, that gets press and media, that gets uh, the bigger opportunities in your industry, then you've got to stand out and be unique with your design of your website design, of your social media images, and the design of your style of um, branding. So that's the first thing. It's photography and design. The second thing I would say is your unique voice and allowing yourself to be open and expressive for who you are. And the more you project this perfect image about yourself, I think the less, um, I guess, uh, approachable you become. So I think you can have great design, which is like premium quality, top of the line, that looks perfect, but also approachable in your words, your language, your communication style, your videos, your, you know, things like that, you can still be approachable and connect to people's hearts. And so I think when we learn how to connect with people by opening up, people are more naturally attracted to following and being a part of what you're offering. Yeah, that's super great advice. I, uh, I, I often, um, in this tango of sharing to people, um, mm-hmm. a, when they say, you know, um, they compliment the social media side of, of giant thinkers and myself. And then first thing I say to them is, well, first of all, how social are you being? You know, and most of them mm. don't even leave a comment on something or they don't, they don't hit a like button or they don't, they're not active and, and they're yeah. not having conversations, you know, and, um, and, and that's, that's super, super powerful, um, in terms of that linking with how they're visually represented and, mm-hmm. and, and the tone of voice that represents, um, you know, there's so many people that are doing this well. It's kind of like, you know, try to mimic the delivery of, of the quality of of, right. of how they produce stuff. I mean, that's that's how I kind of did it. Um, right. Huge fan of podcasts before, and I kind of went, well, if I want this to be one of the best in the world, then what are the best in the world doing? Right. <laughs> you know. Um. So so that's uh that's great advice, and I'm glad you you kind of shared that because you're. If anyone hasn't been to Lewis's website yet, check it out. Um, and I also think that there's a progression here, right? It's not, you know, your mm. website at the beginning didn't look like how Sucked. it does now. It's horrible, yeah. And don't get tied up in it not being looking perfect right away because a lot of people like wait to put something out until it's just right. But I put something out early on that was horrible looking, but it got me started. And all I had was $250 to pay for like a header banner. <laughs> I remember hiring this WordPress designer and I, all I could pay was for the banner. And it was like a bad headshot of me with like some bad little logo he made and like put it up there. And I was like, okay, at least I have something. Now let me get started writing content. And I used that as a kickstarting ground. And then I had the next design, the next design. I think this is like the fifth or sixth design I've had. And... I'm really proud of it now, but I'm also like every year I want to update it 
and I am doing that because as I put something new out, then people start copying and I'm like, okay, I'm not unique anymore. I want to start innovating and continue to innovate. And you know, Madonna didn't just do one album 25 years ago and say, I'm done. She reinvented herself every couple of years to still express her uniqueness, but meet people where they're at and meet people and, and understand where people are at to hook them and get them in so they could hear her message. And I think that's what we get to do is continue to innovate and be reinventing ourselves. Yeah. Super, super great um, advice, mate. Um, now let's talk about LinkedIn a little bit. Um, unless people were followers of you seven, eight years ago, then most people wouldn't know that LinkedIn is where you started making money online. It is where of, I started. Yeah. So can you tell us about LinkedIn at that time uh, for you and and how LinkedIn now can create opportunities these days for people that aren't regularly active on it? Yeah. I mean, I haven't been on LinkedIn in years, to be honest. So I wouldn't even begin to try to tell explain it. Because I think I just got burnt out with it. We still like post content there and our like articles go there and stuff like that. So I see like people leaving comments and stuff in my email, but I, I don't even know my password to it. I don't even know how to log in. <laughs> just because I, you know, I been on there for so long and I got sick and tired of talking about how to like update your profile picture that I was just like, okay, I want to do other things that fuel me. And I think that's um, you know, that's just where I'm at now. So I still think it's a powerful, I think I'm missing out on a big opportunity because I'm not leveraging it. I still think it's extremely powerful. I'm just not as interested personally. So there's other things I'm interested in. Fair point. Fair point. So on that note then, um, what do you think is the best online marketing tool for individuals right now? I think wherever your audience is, is the best tool. I personally enjoy Instagram and I think we're in an Instagram world where it's going to continue to grow there, but not everyone is comfortable. And I wouldn't recommend everyone to be there because it may not make sense if you're like a lawyer or something or to, to be there. You know, maybe there are some lawyers who are crushing it on Instagram, but LinkedIn would probably be a better place for you because there's a growing community of professionals there. So I think depending on what your industry is, your personality type, the way you want to connect with people, you know, some people like video, some people, I think video in general is blowing up and the, and the more video content you have, if you're looking to build a personal brand, you've got to be doing video just because the people can't hear you and see you at the same time, then they're not going to be able to, be able to know you, but we all have different goals and not everyone's trying to build a huge personal brand. Other people are just looking to build their business or get a job. So it all kind of depends on what the vision is. And then based on the vision, you can choose the vehicle to get you there. Hmm. What uh, Instagram tactic would, would come to mind for you for those wanting to either get a job in mm. their field or to connect with someone that would be a mentor. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to get like job or jobs or if you're a freelancer, I think it's showcasing your best work. You know, I find videographers and designers on there all the time that I'm like, man, this is the coolest stuff. I follow them because they're constantly updating like their best work. And I hire some people from Instagram, you know, for different, for different jobs. So for me, it's like, if I can't see your work right away, then I'm not going to trust you. If I have to like go through hoops to like go to your website and check out this real thing, like I want to see something right now. I can be like, Oh, I like it. You get it. Now I can look into more. 
Um, but if people aren't showing their best work right away, then you're just making it harder for people to see what you're capable of doing. Yeah. And another area, Lewis, that you're known for in the online business is, is the uh, webinars side of things. Absolutely. Webinars crush still. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, obviously, it's not the first thing that most people you know, want to try out. Um, if a designer or a yeah. creative was looking to host and deliver their own webinar, uh, what are two or three pieces of advice you would recommend? Lead with value, value, value. Uh, create a webinar presentation that teaches your audience, your potential customers, something that's going to help them, that's going to save them time, save them money, and solve their problems. Teach them something that's of value. When you teach and you give value over and over, it's a lot easier to offer your product or service at the end, and it doesn't feel salesy because you've just given so much. So find a way to educate your audience of customers to help them, whether they buy your program or not. And they're going to come back and be like, oh, he was a good person. Like He just wanted to help. And yeah, he had an advanced course or training or software, but I got a lot of value from this for free. So Yeah, awesome. Um, now, a few more questions, Lewis. Uh, a question I ask all my guests, if you could travel back in time for 30 seconds, uh, speak to junior Lewis Howes perhaps the Lewis finishing high school, what would you tell him? I would say it's time to let go of the things you've been holding on to. It's time to let go of your anger, your frustrations, the people you're trying to prove wrong. And it's time to forgive everyone who's ever done anything to you. And it's time to forgive the most important person, which is yourself. Solid. Now, who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life, uh, Lewis, you know, that person who has inspired you to think bigger and dig deeper in helping you reach your full potential? Hmm. I say my dad used to make me, you know, have me dream big and, and, and think big and was always supportive of those dreams. And he never, he never limited my mindset in terms of what was possible for my dreams, which I really appreciate. He was always supportive. And he never said, oh, that's a little too big. You should like aim lower. He never said that. Mm. And he also, something he did early on, which I didn't appreciate when I grew up, but now I very much appreciate, is two things. He never had a watch, but he was always on time. And he never celebrated birthdays. And I really didn't understand it. I would ask him, I was like, you know, he had, he had a way of like knowing what time it was. He didn't have like a watch on him, but he had like something, a device or whatever, like a little clock that he like carried with him or something, but it wasn't like always checking the time. Right. And what he was always early and on time, like he was like very, very on it. We didn't celebrate birthdays and I didn't understand why when all these other kids celebrated birthdays, I didn't get it. And I was like, I want to, you know, we did the first few years and then he stopped when I was like six, I didn't know more birthdays. And I didn't, I was like, why don't I have a birth? Why don't we celebrate this? And he said, you know, it's not that I don't celebrate you. We celebrate you every day, but I don't want you to focus on how old you are, or how young you are. Cause I don't want it to be limiting of your dreams. Cause so many people in the world, say they're too old or too young to have something happen. And I don't want you to ever feel that way. So I appreciate that now. Um, you know, I wanted like cake and presents and money when I was a kid, but I appreciate the mindset and the philosophy because 
I've done so many things at a young age when I was younger that most people didn't think I could do and or didn't believe they could do at that age. And uh, so I appreciate my father for that. Yeah, that's awesome. It uh, reminds me of that quote. forgot who said it. Um, it always seems impossible until it's done. Absolutely. Yeah. Semi-related side question here, Lewis. Um, as you may know, I wrote uh, a book uh, released that last year called How to Get a Mentor as a Designer. Um, in your experience, what advice would you have to those looking at engaging with a prospective mentor? Here's the thing. I get so many people that say they want... There's a lot of people that say a couple of things. One, they want you know, me to mentor them or do I have a mentor program or can I give them advice? And that's one angle of people. And there's another angle of people that say, I get this all the time. They're like, I'll, f- I'll live in LA for six months and work for you for free. I just want to like do whatever I can and, and learn from you. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> you know, I'll work for free. Then there's another level of people that say, I will come not only work for you for free, I'll pay you to work for you. And, you know, each level, it gets more and more interesting. And I appreciate the the higher the level that go up, but all the levels are like still a ton of work for me, you know, you know, when they just want like to pick my brain and advice, it's just a lot of work when they want to come and they're like, just teach me whatever and I'll do whatever work you need me to do. I'm like, that's actually not that's actually going to hurt our team because I need people who are self-starters who already know information that can help us grow, not where I need to put my attention on them for four hours a day and teach them everything. And then they're going to leave in six months. That doesn't help my business. So the best way that you can approach getting a mentor is finding, finding someone that you really admire or appreciate or inspired by with their brand or their business, the results and find a way to help them solve a big challenge they might have. Maybe it is interning. Maybe it is um, just they see something in you and they want to like talk to you once a month or whatever. There's a lot of different things you can go about in terms of mentoring and mentorship. But find a way. The people who have been able to get through to me are the ones who continue to find ways to improve my brand, my business, my value to the world. And when you can help someone that you want to mentor you with one of their biggest challenges, then they want to give back to you. So find a way to add value to the people you want to mentor you. Yeah, love it. Uh, Lewis, so what's next for you, mate, uh, with everything you're involved in for the rest of the year and beyond? What's next is what's now. And what's now is uh, this conversation about masculine vulnerability and I'm not trying to make any man wrong or bad or change in terms of like be as manly as you want to be. But when something comes up, choose a loving, healthy response as opposed to a reactive one and allow yourself to feel. That's all I'm trying to talk about. So we can have deeper, more meaningful relationships and conversations. Um, So I'm very passionate about this conversation Mm -hmm. and whether or not people actually buy the book is irrelevant, but I want people to have the conversation either way. And, um, I just hope that they'll have a deeper understanding if they do get the book with the tools we have. So this is what I'm really passionate about right now. Um, I'm always got stuff in the pipeline for the future. So, you know, if you follow me online, you'll see it when I announce it, but this is, this is meaningful right now. Yeah. I was just going to ask Lewis, uh, what is the, uh, preferred online, uh, Connection. I'm at Lewis House. I'm on Instagram a lot, uh, but Twitter, Facebook, at Lewis House, YouTube, at Lewis House, everywhere, Lewis House. Awesome. 
Lewis, thank you so much, mate, for your time. Uh, you've been hugely valuable for me and to the listeners. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to follow your journey. Um, I've been a huge supporter of, of you, the School of Greatness and, and podcasts and all your initiatives. Um, so on behalf of myself and everyone, keep doing what you do, inspiring the world of what's possible and making daily impact. Thank you, mate. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. There you have it, Giants. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Lewis Howes. I've actually just finished reading his latest book for a second time and found tons of insights on how to break through the walls that sometimes hold me back. And without a doubt, it'll give both men and women insights into how they can better understand the males in their lives too. Google search The Mask of Masculinity and you can get the book in paperback, ebook or audio in various places online. Now, if you've been enjoying the Giant Thinkers podcast, it would mean the world to me if you leave a review on iTunes. The better the reviews, the more exposure, the more exposure, the more opportunity to reach compelling expert guests for the show, for all of us to learn from. So I invite you to head to giantthinkers.com slash podcast review. A little teaser for our next guest. She is the co-founder and creative director of Bursal and Sec, the award-winning design and innovation studio working with clients including Herman Miller, GE, Colgate Palmolive, IKEA, and Toyota. The New York-based designer is the creator of Design the Life You Love, a book and coursework that teaches designers and non-designers how to create a meaningful life using her design process, deconstruction, reconstruction. That's up soon, so stay tuned. Briefly, before you race off, I highly recommend you check out Treehouse. They're an online technology school offering courses in web design and coding from HTML, CSS, PHP to JavaScript, Python, and iOS in the space of web mobile and game development taught by a team of in-house expert teachers if you head to giantthinkers.com slash treehouse they're giving the giant thinkers community a seven day free trial so you can try it out with no commitment on top of that if you're happy with the trial and thereafter continue learning on treehouse let me know and i will personally give the first five students a one hour skype call coaching session each for free. So if you'd like to learn how to code, are interested in becoming a developer, and are after the skills to get a job as one, pop over to giantthinkers.com slash treehouse. For any questions regarding the podcast or anything at all, the best way to reach me is on Snapchat or Instagram. Send me a message via my handle, the giant thinker. Lastly, I'll leave you with a quote that I loved from Lewis, who said, allow yourself to be intentional about your responses to life's situations. 